What's up? It's good to be with you here on a Friday. Welcome to the Damon Bruce Show. We are on YouTube. We are on Twitch. Everything we do right here can be found on the podcast. Go ahead and download that wherever you get your podcasts. It's exactly what America needs. One more freaking podcast. So here you are. Hope you enjoy it. Boy, the Golden State Warriors last night had the most important Warriors game since what? Game four in Boston last year in the NBA Finals. That was a huge, huge basketball game. And the Warriors, you know, I don't know if they've righted the ship in the series because the ship is going to take on some different properties when Draymond Green comes back in. But let's just start with the skinny of last night's game and a big Warriors win over the Sacramento Kings. Number one, Kevon Looney. Oh, Kevon Looney, that's the best game he's ever played in the NBA. Under the circumstances, I know this is a guy who's had 20 rebound playoff games in the past, but I think Draymond Green was playing that night. He wasn't playing last night. Not only did Kevon Looney clean up everything from the glass, he also finished nine assists. Nine assists. I mean, the man played a great game last night. He wasn't just playing the role of Draymond. He was better than Draymond Green. Uh, he was fantastic. No Draymond. Look, uh, no one would make the argument that the Golden State Warriors are a better basketball team without Draymond Green. But let me tell you, having to guard four guys, not just three, spaces the floor. And the Warriors were enjoying that floor space last night. They absolutely were. And look, there's a difference between having, I'm, I'm not saying that Draymond's a bad offensive player because he's not. He's just not much of a shooter. He's a floor general. You know, he's that point forward, if you will. But shooting the ball and distributing the ball are two different things that you have to defend two different ways. You have to get up on somebody when they're a shooter. Sagging off a Draymond Green is the right thing to do defensively, and that's why the Kings did it. You can't go sagging off of, you know, whoever is playing the role of Draymond Green that night, unless it's Draymond. So the Warriors had a little bit bit of a different feel for them in this series last night, and it, and it benefited them well. There was no doubt about that. Um, look, the Warriors' best defense right now is probably a good offense, and they were in let's-get-a-good-offense-going mode last night. Didn't even really happen. They were good, but they decided we're going to take a lot of threes tonight. They shoot 53s in the game, 18 in the first quarter alone, and then they would attack the rim a little bit more later in the game. They were comfortably ahead from about halfway through that first quarter, and it felt like the lead was anywhere from 9 to 12 points most of the night for the Warriors. The Kings, welcome to pressure. Welcome to the dope show. Welcome to playing with gravity on the circumstances that you're in. Again, this is where the Warriors have an advantage in this series. Maybe you saw a few more advantages actually come to light last night, but you could feel the weight of the NBA's playoffs fall upon the Sacramento Kings in a, hey, we win tonight. We are really in control of this series. They weren't in control of that game at all. Um, it was a testament to the old reliable basketball standard that your role players play much better at home than they do on the road. And that worked in both directions for the Warriors last night. Hats off to Moses Moody. Who is this guy? Get that guy a contract. Who, who, who's that guy? Play that guy. Wow. 
All right, Moses Moody, that was uh, a, a hell of a game. Good to meet you, finally. How was Ty Jerome taking minutes away from that guy all year? Again, we're not going to relitigate the regular season right now. There'll be plenty of time for that when the offseason hits. But um, Moody was very good last night. He was hitting big shots when he needed to. He was pushing the ball in transition when he needed to. And he looked fantastic. Um, you get more of that from Moody as this series goes along, that's how the Warriors get back in control of this series. I really do believe they need to win the next three games in a row. They still don't want to see a Game 7. Uh, they got Game 4, Sunday, 12.30 local time. And then you go up to Sacramento for the biggest road game this team has played in a real long time. That Game 5 is the pivot game of the entire series, and we know that. Warriors got to handle their business on Sunday, though. There is no doubt about that. Uh, Dante DiVincenzo was very good last night. Kaminga, we didn't see much of Kaminga, but in the little time that we did see, he played better at home. And I'll tell you who wasn't very good at Chase Center. It was the Kings role players. Monk and Mitchell, they were terrible last night. Uh, uh, Trey Lyles, he, he vanished completely in this game. So um, it was a good night for the Warriors. It was a good night for E40, who there was there was a timeout in that third quarter where Steph was about to check back into the game, but they introduced Mr. Fab, who got a great round of applause. Then E40 basically blew the lid off the damn place. I mean, he is essentially, uh, he is essentially uh, this team's living, breathing mascot right now. I see an awful lot of chatters there. You got in early today. Thank you so much for joining us. As always, we want to point out not just the folks who are going into the cookie jar, the ganja jar, to throw a tip around, but the Shaw, I see you early today. He dropped a little super chat and uh, very generous. Thank you so very much. It was good. Never go full Jeff. Says, great game last night, but the crowd must have smudged a bunch of indica. Look, here's the deal. That building was tight. That building was tight. The only thing that that crowd did a great job doing was booing Sabonis every single time he touched the ball. He got booed lustfully early in the game. He got booed lustfully late in that game. The crowd was dedicated to booing Sabonis, but it was tight in there. And both teams, I think, came out a little tight last night. Um, uh, we're checking in, by the way, real quick. This is uh, uh, Alan, who says uh, it is uh, 2103. I don't do military time. But in Helsinki... They're uh, dripping in military time. Uh, Loon, last night, the goon, he did everything he needed, man. He did everything the Warriors needed last night. Thank you very much, RIP Cougar Webble. Rebel. We'll go ahead and we will get to uh, more of your chats and texts a little bit later on today, especially when we enter Club Plus. A lot of questions about how's Jack feeling, who joined us yesterday in Club Plus. Little boy's going to the doctor today, man. He's really he, he's he's coughing like he is a freaking lunger, man. It's like he he he's a four pack a day smoker right now. So uh, hopefully Jack will feel better by the weekend and be back in school. Thank you for all the concerns. Really do appreciate it. Look, Steph and Wiggins last night they carried the load. They combined for fifty six points. Curry had thirty six of the fifty six. Clay was riding the struggle bus a little bit last night. Uh, for most of the night, he had 13 points on 15 shots, and that's a bad game for Clay. We all know that, but it really didn't matter. And here's what I love about Curry you could see him trying to feed Clay late in that game to get him in some sort of rhythm. Like the choice for most superstars to drop 40 in a playoff game or get their team 
teammates involved in a game that's already been decided, that's unselfish leadership. That's why Steph Curry is the greatest leader basketball has seen in decades. Ah, he was good last night. Uh, Wiggins was very good last night. And look, Warriors defense, they didn't stop De'Aaron Fox, but they turned him into a volume shooter, and that is maybe as good of a job that you can do on him. He got his 26, but he took 22 shots to get there. So that's a good night for the Warriors playing against a guy who really has been the best player in this series so far. And it's not like Fox was bad last night, but they made him work really hard for everything that he got. Um, Very important win. It's good that the Warriors put it in the books. They will all sleep a little bit easier because we all know what you know, being down 3-0 in a series means. It means you're dead. Maybe, maybe they haven't actually declared or called the body, but you're about to be sent to the morgue if you're down 3 to nothing. That is history. Warriors are avoiding that, and they can even up this series with a win on Sunday. Uh, we'll see if they do it. It was great being there last night. It was fun to go back out, met an awful lot of people, got a lot of love from Chase Center. Let me tell you, you know that your show is working when you get security guards and ushers coming up to you saying, dude, I am all over the palouse. Thank you so much for sticking around and on the air. Didn't want to go through a playoffs without you. That means so much. Thank you very, very much. It was great seeing the Sacramento media. Uh, welcome to the show, Sacramento Media. I got to meet some folks that I've known uh, through Twitter, and I've uh, been on their shows and whatnot for a long time. Uh, uh, Deuce and Morgan were there last night. Uh, Trista Crick was there last night. Got to say hello to her. Uh, I don't know if D-Lo or KC made the trip down. Didn't see Carmichael Dave, but that Sacramento Media, I tell you what, they came in feeling hot. They came in talking a little shit. They were feeling spicy. They were feeling 3-0. A lot of pregame chatter. Very quiet postgame from the Sacramento media at Chase Center last night. Um, It was good to be there, though. Again, the building was a little bit tight. Was it as loud as it was up in Golden 1 Center? The answer to that question is a definitive no. But a well-fed man never makes the same amount of noise as a man who's starving. And that's what the Kings have been. They've been starving for playoff basketball. The Warriors have fed their fans so much playoff basketball over this decade that I don't want to say anybody's taking it for granted. But it's not the, oh my God, this is the single biggest sporting event I've been to in years type of feeling that you know the games in Golden 1 Center had. So it's just human nature. Nothing to apologize about. Nothing to worry about because Chase Center was plenty, plenty loud. Um a lot of love coming in. A lot of love coming in for uh, uh, Moses Moody on the chat line. We'll get there when we get to the plus. Uh Andy Bailey, who covers the NBA for Bleacher Report, had a really interesting fact. And if you want to know where Steph Curry is in the overall grand scheme of things, not just his time, but now of all time, the only players in NBA history who have matched or exceeded Each of Curry's career total for playoff points, playoff assists, playoff rebounds, and titles are Kobe Bryant, LeBron James, Magic Johnson, and Michael Jordan. I mean, you join that that foursome, that's incredible. Steph Curry is absolutely incredible, and I'm not saying that anybody took him for granted, but I do know for a fact because I've been talking more about the Warriors since the night Steph Curry was drafted than anybody else on the radio. And we don't talk about Steph. And by the way, 
radio schmadio. Welcome to the revolution. But look, Steph Curry has been so hidden in plain sight that we don't we don't discuss him because he's never a worry point unless he's absent because he's injured or something. There's nothing to ever worry about with Steph Curry. And headlines follow drama more than they follow just night in, night out excellence. And maybe that's a problem that the media has. As a matter of fact, I'm pretty sure that that's a problem that the media has. They'll always go with the juicy rumor more than the indisputable fact that we're watching greatness when this man takes the court more often than not. True, true, legendary, historic, tell your grandkids about it greatness. That's who Steph Curry is. And that's what he was last night. The Warriors needed him desperately to be that. We got a little bit more NBA news before we turn our attention to a couple of other things here on what we call the tightest half hour in all sports. We give it to you. We give it to you um, without wasting any of your time. That's what we're doing over here. And the response has been great. We have someone tracking how much people are watching and listening, and we are carrying a serious majority of the audience right to the very end where half the people who are doing shows on YouTube, they got a nice little viewer count there, but about three, four minutes in, it just dips dramatically for longer formats, you know, about 15 minutes in it dips dramatically. I think we found that sweet spot. I think we found that sweet spot retaining nearly 80% of the audience in our podcasts through the entirety of the podcast. And that's a big number right there. Thank you for wanting it. Thank you for listening. Um, We got some NBA news for you. First of all, we got three games threes tonight. We got Celtics and Hawks. The Celtics are looking for a three, nothing stranglehold lead in that series. I would be stunned if they didn't find it. They've been the much better team so far in that series. Cavs and Knicks. That's the good game tonight at Madison square garden. That series is tied at one. That is the biggest game at Madison square garden. The Knicks have played since whatever Last game they were imagining was a big game for the Knicks. Tonight it is a big game for the Knicks. So that's a huge one to keep an eye on tonight. Nuggets and Timberwolves. Look, maybe the Timberwolves surprise us all and they defend their home court. I wouldn't be surprised if they went down 3 nothing. The Denver Nuggets are much, much better and have played much better so far in this series. Um, getting back to what happened on the court last night, and given the fact that suspending guys who have you know, feet that are making contact with other players. Draymond Green, I'm looking at you. What is going to be a possible suspension for Joel Embiid? Joel Embiid last night was kicking players in the midsection out of frustration. He didn't get tossed. But you know what? James Harden did get tossed for turkey tapping Royce O'Neal. And, uh, you know, the... The 76ers are complaining about a nut shot, blatant nut shot, getting a guy ejected. And then Doc Rivers is talking about how James Harden and Joel Embiid don't shoot enough free throws. Uh, come on, who shoots more free throws than those guys? It's ridiculous. Anyway, I guess you got a stump for you and yours in the postseason. We'll see if there's any discipline that would prevent the 76ers from sweeping this series. They're up 3 now, it was 3 nothing now on the Nets and the Nets gave a good effort but it got away from them. They haven't played poorly. But the Sixers are just much better. Uh they're much bigger and you can see it out there. Uh the other bit of NBA news today. The man who coached the Raptors to their Kevin Durant tore his Achilles and you also won a title because Klay Thompson blew out his ACL. 
But the man who won the Raptors their only championship, Nick Nurse, is out of Toronto as head coach. Uh, Ime Udoka, I guess, is the man in waiting. He is about to be, will be announced. He's got a big working relationship with Masai Ujiri, who, of course, calls the shots up there in Toronto. Uh, But Nick Nurse is out, and it looks like Ime Udoka is going to be in. And all I can tell you is if you're a married man with a beautiful wife working for the Toronto Raptors, keep an eye on that new coaching hire. The only thing I know about Ime Udoka is he's a really good coach and he might fuck your wife. That's not <laughs> that's not out of pocket either. That happened. Uh, Nick Nurse felt it was time to move on. This guy has delivered an NBA championship to the Toronto Raptors, the first in their franchise's history. He developed a or delivered a G League championship to the uh, Toronto Raptors as well. Uh, he has a year and $8 million left on his deal. He's already been rumored to be maybe the apple of the eye of the Houston Rockets. So Nick Nurse, who just won the 2020 NBA Coach of the Year award, is out of a job. He'll probably get another one very shortly. Uh, in five seasons as the Raptors head coach, he had a 582 winning percentage. That's pretty damn good, man. He was 227 up, 163 down. Raptors were obviously eliminated in play-in contention this year by the Chicago Bulls. So there you go. There's a whole lot of basketball for you this morning. Uh, let's see here. On the plus, we got uh, Paul saying Curry's shift change was huge. He played the whole fourth quarter. That was a big part of it, Paul. And not only was Curry... And the shift change, if you will, the the minutes distributed to him important when he was out there, where the Warriors were much better in Game 3 than they were in Games 1 and 2 was their non-Curry minutes. The non-Curry minutes didn't turn into, up. Oh, all of a sudden the Kings are either right back in the game or overtaking the Warriors and now grabbing the lead. When Curry was sitting up at Golden 1, the Warriors just fell apart. They did not fall apart when he was resting, and then again, an aggressive Curry in the fourth quarter is exactly what this... I don't even know if it called for it because that game pretty much felt decided going into the fourth quarter. They were up 12 with 12 minutes to play. They come out, they hit the first two buckets, so now they're up 16. I think the, you, got, you got a free throw there, only one out of two for the Kings. Warriors come down, Curry hits a three, so it just was in the high teens most of that fourth quarter, Warriors, they took care of, of business. They really did last night. It was good that they took care of business. They needed that. Uh, speaking of business, thank you very much, Drew Down. Love to see the donations coming through for D. Bruce. Hey, so do we. So does the wife. Uh, someone is saying, the Shaw, light that new camera. It'll happen eventually. It'll happen eventually. I can tell you that right now. Thank you all very, very much. Somebody says, I see your allergies cleared up after yesterday. Dude, so I haven't done this show stoned yet. Keyword, yet. I can tell you right now we're in discussions with a Matt Kolsky cameo appearance, so could probably could probably happen then yeah write that one down a lot of requests for ray ratto 
to get on the show. We will get Ray eventually. You know, I, 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 Ray and I are having a little cooling down period right now. We had all those years together. But Ray is, of course, going to come on the show. He doesn't know this yet, and he'll do it reluctantly, but Ray's going to reach us eventually. And I actually saw that something that Ray wrote about the A's that we're about to get to here. So, in a way, his words will be on the show today. Uh, thank you again. Thank you again to Caesar Alcazar. What a great name. Uh, he's dropping a little get well Jack five spot. Appreciate that very, very much. And yeah, we, look at it this way. If you can be generous today, good, because we might need to pick up some uh, some penicillin for the boy. <laughs> no, we're going to be fine. Don't worry. Uh, somebody asked, was Rick Buecher at the game last night? Uh, Bryant, no, I, I did not see Rick Buecher. Didn't mean that he is uh, not there. A little bit more in terms of media breaking news. D'Lo and Casey had a watch party. Good for them. Those guys are hustlers, man. Absolute hustlers. Somebody says, I don't know if you noticed, but Elena was in the chat yesterday. Uh, look, all I can tell you is somebody is talking about the Oakland days. There's a very good chance Elena might be there, especially if it's a fuck John Pitt Fisher party, which we threw yesterday, and rightfully so. And we're about to throw another one here in just a second. But uh, Elena, I love you. The Bouton Vixon, the one and only. Speaking of the fabulous women, of the Damon Bruce show. I saw Gianna Franco this morning, did a little spot with her on KPIX. So it's always good to have friends who say, come over here and let's talk some sports. So thank you so much to Gianna, Elena. We got to get you on the plus at one point in time. Gianna's going to be making a plus debut. Again, we're negotiating with Matt Kolsky and his agent for the right amount of weed he would want to come on the show. And, you know, if that's what it takes to get Ray in here too, that's why, you know, Ganja Jar. Ganja jar is ready to go to work if we need it. <laughs> this thing's freaking ridiculous, isn't it? It's ridiculous that we're doing this, but it's working, I guess. <laughs> uh, anyway, look, we are going to have much, much more here. Lots of love coming in on the chat, and we will get to the rest of the chat when we get to Club Plus in about 10 minutes from right now. little baseball for you. All right, let's start with the Giants, the one baseball team that actually is proud to call the Bay Area its home. Uh, the only, only the Washington Nationals and the Colorado Rockies have a worse winning percentage in the National League than the Giants right now. They're three and seven in their last ten games, including a nine to four thumping by the Mets last night at Twenty Four Willie Mays Plaza. Look, normally we put up things in the uh, on the ticker. Again, we used this yesterday. We're going to do it again today. I forgot to reload the ticker this morning. I was I was up early with Gianna. Coffee came late. Uh, Mets are in town to play the Giants, and there's your up your A's update. Uh, this is pretty much the only A's news we're going to be sharing with you. I don't want to say going forward. I'm sure we'll talk some A's baseball at some point in time, but this guy takes the cake right now, and he gets the lion's share of the attention since that's the way he he doesn't want it we're happy to give it to him but real quick pete alonzo last night he had his major league leading ninth home run he drove in four blake sable lamont wade jr they went deep yastrzemski he had a three-hit game that's a good thing but the giants look man they if they're an average team 
getting to 500 might prove that they are six games below 500 right now. They're six and 12 overall. The Giants are only two and five on their home field. And Alex Pavlovich pointed out something that should be a little concerning for all Giants fans out there, hoping that this team would use the next week or two to right the ship. I don't know if that's going to happen because they're six and 12 and they're facing the Mets right now, followed by the Cardinals, the Padres, the Astros and the Brewers. That is uh, a good team, a pretty good team, a very good team, a really good team, and a nobody saw the Brewers being this good team, and they look pretty damn good right now. Uh, real quick, on the A's, they're in Texas this weekend. They stink, but not as much as John Fisher, who is you know, baseball's premier monorail salesman. He's trying to play Shelbyville or Ogdenville against Springfield right now. We're watching him do it in real time. When he actually puts a shovel in the ground anywhere, I'll believe that a stadium might get built. But if we had a dollar for every time the A's were about to build a new stadium or were acquiring a piece of land that was going to be used for a new stadium, again, we'd all be in Barbados. So don't believe that at all. Uh, To prove that the A's have indeed the worst owner in Bay Area sports history, uh, they have lost seven straight. They fall into the worst record in baseball. They are three and sixteen. Boach waiting for them with the Texas Rangers. Uh, they're in first place in the American League West. I told you that we had uh, a little Ray Ratto at least quote appearance on the show for you today, and here it is. This is what Ray wrote about the A's, and it was as usual very well put by Ray. Let me uh, get this up here over here too because we got some. Al Davis quotes about uh, the Coliseum and how he got screwed over there that we'll get to in just a minute. But Ray Ratto basically wrote, the A's have worked hard over Fisher's tenure to make themselves as an easily avoidable product, and the current team might well be the worst version since 1915 when they won 43 games and averaged under 1,900 fans per game. Yeah. I mean, that's just well put. It really is. Fisher has worked hard to make this team matter as little as it does. you got to go out of your way to ruin something like this. And this isn't just a, well, he never spent much money on the baseball team, so they didn't have the good kind of records for the big crowds. That sort. Of. This is way beyond that. It's so much more sinister what this son of a bitch has done over the years. Steve Berman. Bay Area sports guy, covers the A's for The Athletic. Um, This organization has been trying to prove that Oakland sucks. They didn't spend on players to market the team. They complained about the Coliseum. They flirted with Vegas. They raised ticket prices after a fire sale, and the list goes on. People shouldn't give them another dime. He's right about that. Don't spend another dime. Look, if you're an A's fan, just watch the game at home. Don't give John Fisher another dime. Full-on boycott. I really do. I would love to see an attendance, a home game attendance, come in at flat zero for the A's at one point in time this year. I'd love that. Um, the other thing that happened in baseball that we got to get to, only because he's got a lot of house credit in San Francisco, is the story from the Arizona Republic that we glossed over quickly yesterday because we were talking NBA playoffs and we were fucking John Fisher Um, the Arizona Diamondbacks designated Madison Bumgarner for assignment. Uh, that that's it for him. 
They owe them $34 million, and they said take a hike. That means they mean business, man. They're not going to waste innings on a guy who's not producing in his innings. And the numbers were bad. For any Giants fan who's like, oh, maybe this is where Farhan goes and scoops in the reclamation project. Plus, it would be great to see Madison Bumgarner back. I don't know. I mean, conceptually, would it be great to see Madison Bumgarner once again in an actual Giants uniform? Yeah, but what would he do for them? I mean, like, that's a legitimate question because Bumgarner has a 10.26 ERA in four starts this season. He finished last year on a 10-start skid, and he had a 7-1-2 ERA over that terrible stretch. The Arizona Republic just came and flat out said the five-year, $85 million contract that the Diamondbacks gave Madison Bumgarner goes down as maybe the worst in franchise history. He did nothing for them. Madison Bumgarner posted a 5-2-3 ERA over the part of four seasons. What he used to be, what he is now, are two, two totally different things, and he never really got it back after that ATV weird injury. He never was the same guy after that. So again, if you're a major leaguer who played for the Giants... Don't ride ATVs. Don't fall off the back of your truck as you're washing it, Jeff Kent. Don't just don't go out of your way to screw up your career by doing something that, you know, well, I was bored, so I rode an ATV one day, and then I never pitched well again. And I understand accidents happen, but ah, it's a shame. It's a shame. One other story for you before we get into Club Plus. This is, I'm reading just right from ESPN today. This is from Detroit. Four Lions players, including 2022 first-round pick Jameson Williams, were among five players league-wide to be suspended for violating the NFL's gambling policy after an investigation by the league. Lions wide receiver Quintez Cephas and safety C.J. Moore have been suspended indefinitely for betting on NFL games. Washington Commanders defensive end Shaka Tony also suspended indefinitely. They can reapply for reinstatement after one year, although Detroit announced that its two players have been released. Second-year wide receiver Williams and Stanley Berryhill are being suspended for six games each after taking part in mobile betting that occurred in the Lions facility. And the NFL forbids anyone from betting on anything from inside an NFL facility. They, neither of them, apparently made bets on NFL games. The NFL noted in its announcement that it uncovered no evidence indicating that any inside information was used to bet on any of these games. Again, I don't know how much you can actually believe that. Why would you be betting on games, risking your career, if you didn't think you had some sort of inside track to a win? Right? I mean, come on. Um, separate from these punishments, and this is how you know things are about to, or I don't want to say about to get hairy, but have the potential to get disastrous, right? Uh Separate from these punishments, several Lions staff members in various departments were dismissed last month for violating the gambling policy. <laughs> the only thing I can tell you here, boys and girls, is that we are going to get a game-fixing story before this decade is over. 
You know, it's 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 great that gambling is available to you. To me, it's a you know, is it a vice? But no more than smoking or drinking, which is legally available. Why shouldn't gambling be legally available? You know, you, you got to mind your own business and beeswax and make sure you don't go down any wrong holes yourself. You're a big boy, big girl. Watch yourself. But I got you know, I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, clutch my pearls. Think of the children. Nothing like that. But think of the legitimacy of these games. And if you're telling if you ever wondered, like, what could actually take down the NFL? If they ever have a straight up that game was rigged and we can prove it by a player. Oh, that's going to be big trouble. Big trouble. By the way, about a week ago, China got a game fixing basketball scandal. So it's out there. It's happening. Um, I'll t- it'll probably be some dumb college kid who does something for a college game first, but I- I'm telling you right now, bet the house on it. Since we're talking about gambling, there will be a game fixing scandal in sports in the next decade. It's coming. I can guarantee it. Um, Oh, I forgot to get to the, speaking of gambling, let's talk about the Las Vegas Raiders and what their owner had to say real quick. This is from Mark Davis, who was asked about what he thought about the A's, you know, buying a parcel of land in Las Vegas. And Mark Davis didn't mince any words. He said, quote, I won't forget what they did to us in Oakland. The A's squatted on a lease for 10 years, and they made it impossible for us to build on that stadium. No, he probably doesn't have any regrets. He's thrilled to be in Vegas. The Raiders have been printing money since going to Vegas. The stadium's awesome. Their facility's awesome. C'est la vie. But, you know, he basically said that we we wanted to maybe figure it out in Oakland, but the A's just prevented us because they were squatting on a stadium. And um, he goes on to say, They were looking for a stadium. We were looking for a stadium. They didn't want to build a stadium and then went ahead and signed a 10-year lease with the city of Oakland and said, we're the base team. They marketed that team as rooted in Oakland. That's been their mantra through the entire thing. The slogans they've been using have been a slap in the face of the Raiders. They were trying to win over that type of mentality in the Bay Area. Well, all they did was fuck the Bay Area. Quote, from Mark Davis, and he's right about that. Look, the the Raiders on their way out definitely didn't do any favors, right? But the Raiders weren't destructive to the stadium that remained that the A's could have done something with. So there might have been a little debate who was a worse owner. There is no debate anymore. It's John Fisher, the premier owning son of a bitch in the history of Bay Area sports. I really do. I hope that John Fisher goes out for a nice hike in the woods, falls over, and gets poison ivy on his dick, just has to scratch his groin in public for the rest of his life. He looks like the jackass he is. His hand down his pants. (laughs) What a douchebag. Well, that's it for today's show. (laughs) Uh, That's it for... The This is going to go up on the podcast version of the show. We officially found out, by the way, that there is a Ghostface Killer track that uses a cut from the usual suspects. And that is what continues to trigger 
the copyright infringement thing. So we're not going to play until it gets all cleared out with YouTube. The And like that, he's gone. And then the cool intro into Club Plus. But that doesn't mean we ain't going to Club Plus all because we are. Thank you so much for tuning in to this Friday version of the Damon Bruce Show. You podcasters, if you want to find out what's going down on Club Plus, you got to watch on YouTube or on Twitch. But our podcast family, we say thanks so much for tuning in. Thank you for being a supporter here of the Damon Bruce Show. And please do remember that sports don't build character. They reveal it. And now, Club Plus. Hold on, I gotta push this button, make this fine. Yeah!